Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. From 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips, and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories in full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPRN discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. Welcome to the show, Into the Night, with me, Sean Kelly. Um, I sent the link to Tara. Hopefully, she'll come on tonight. Um, you know, how was everybody's Halloween? Well, I, I was kind of busy. You know, I had the Halloween show here, and I did a couple other things over the weekend, and um, it, was, it was it was okay. Hey, Johnny Freeman, how are you? Good to see you, pal. Good to see you. Thank you for coming to the show. Um, and so, um, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's been a crazy week, you know. Um, ran into some situations that uh, kind of got me really mad. Uh, I, and what I mean by mad is, is highly upset because a couple people were lying to me. And I don't like liars, okay? I'm brutally honest with it. And um, so it, it, it kind of like not touched my ego, but it, it kind of hurt because all they wanted was money and all this stuff. And I, I just didn't really care for it. You know, I, I, I was just mad. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the Halloween show last last week. Um, done by Lorelai. Um, I know I had a good time on her. I, I learned a lot from you know, all the hosts here on UPRN Talk Radio, 105.3 New Orleans, 107.7 Mississippi. And uh, and, and last week was really, really a, a great Halloween party. I, I really enjoyed myself. So as you can tell down below, um, the month of November is CRPS Awareness Month. And... Um, what, what that is, hey, Sebastian, good to see you, pal. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Um, and uh, what it is, is it's a pain disease, okay? Um, you're constantly, constantly in pain, okay? Um, and the pain threshold is huge. Um, and there's no cure for it. And all, all they can do for it is just give out, you know, 
strong medication. I have like three friends honestly that are really, really hurting and they have it. And so last month I was kind of like pushing it, but now it's this month, the CRPS uh, disease. And uh, my friend calls it the craps because <laughs> it looks like craps. But if you can, you know, look up on it. And um, hey, Virginia, good to see you, hon. Welcome to the show. And um, so if, if you can, um, you know, you know, kind of look it up because it, it really is a killer. It really is a killer. Um, so tonight, okay, I have been waiting a long time for this, and I am so grateful to have my guest on tonight. Um, I met him back in 2010 at the Westmoreland Community College Bigfoot convention up there. And uh, he also was a co-host with me and Jenny Nicasio on Chasing Prophecy. And, you know, me and him were talking before the show, and it's been a long time since, you know, me and him actually talked. And so um, he's done a lot in a year, and I am just like... Just waiting for y'all to hear him. He's a good dude. He knows his stuff. So without further ado, I would love you to give you John Ventry to the show. Hey John. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Thanks for having me on. Ah, thanks for being here. Thank yeah. you for the compliment, Virginia. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned Halloween and uh how I made a couple of comments on Facebook last week about Halloween, and I think it might have been the first time I, I did that because, you know, people, I was a huge Halloween fan, loved it. You know, I, I got married October 29th, as close to Halloween as possible. I tried to time the birth of my son to Halloween, and he uh -huh. came six weeks premature. He would have been born right around Halloween. Wow. He came September 16th, and he was six weeks early. I, I just love the horror stuff, you know, on Halloween. But uh, we're going to talk about some stuff tonight, but that caused me to stay away from Halloween. Anything... Really? that would open the door, bring in spirits, uh, entities, that type of stuff. Uh, I think in the last uh, eight, nine years, I've only decorated one time for Halloween. And so I put up on Facebook, you know, just be really careful Halloween night, you know, no Ouija boards, no rituals, you know, because it opens the door and, and mm -hmm. you demons in and the way, I can prove it to you is that, you know, in all the research I did in demonology and exorcism is the, um, you know, the infestation of, of uh, poltergeists or demons, let's say. Uh, the peak month is November. So why November? Because yeah. everybody celebrates Halloween and, and they go overboard. You know, the kids think it's funny. They get a Ouija board. You know, they start playing that. Uh, some people start do some rituals. They go in cemeteries, you know, and they're, they're doing stuff they think's funny or, you know, whatever. And uh, they're making contact and it's opening the door. So it has always been. Uh, November is the peak of that, you know, not just ghostly stuff. This is the more serious stuff. And, you know, then interestingly, uh, and I read this, is that, uh, and experienced it, is um, 
when you get into December, then the month of November is bad. You get into December, the closer you get to Christmas, it dies down. It really weakens because of the birth of Jesus. And Jesus is their arch enemy. So you're getting closer to Christmas and that stuff, they have to leave. They have to get away, you know, unless you're actually making it easy for them, you know. So so I want to mention that. But there was one girl on uh, my page that I don't even know who she is. She got so offended of my saying that. And she goes, you're not ruining my fun. And, uh, you know, and then somebody said to her, then why are you on his page? And she goes, I'm not anymore. And she unfriended me, you know. Wow. Yeah, I don't know who she is, but... Uh, you know, well, I just I look, look at it this way, John. Honestly, people out there, you know, just don't have respect for what other people, you know, believe. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's my motto. It's like I will respect what you believe. Just please respect yeah. uh, what I believe. And yeah, I know well, me and you have butted heads there for a while. Yeah, yeah. But you know, trying to help the person, the people out there, is that I believe that one hundred percent. You got to be careful Halloween. You really got to be careful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I buy three bags of candy and I get nine people come to the door. So I got two bags left for me. I've been eating them all week. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So we, we so, had 150 kids. I, you know, I don't get nothing on my street. You know, the houses are, you know, more spread out. You know, mm-hmm. I got two acres. Uh, the others don't have as much property as me. But I guess it's too far a walk for these kids today. They ain't going to walk. You know, the houses are spread out. They're not walking, you know. So, but mm-hmm. I, this morning I uploaded my book, what I've been working on. And I might have started working on it uh, back when we were doing Chasing Prophecy. Is, uh, well, you know, I've always updated the book. I wrote it in 2016. It's called The Ufologist, The Haunting of John Ventry. You know, ufologist being a UFO expert with the haunting, you know. And mm-hmm. so I've always updated. And I actually had a lot of stuff happen. Uh this year. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to um, trim the book down, redo the book, and then put it back out there. And, and it's up to date through Halloween, you know. Hey, and, Jenny, good to see you. Yeah. So I, I did that this morning. Uh, you know, I'm waiting for it to actually get approved. I take a day or two, and then I'll order 20, 30 copies and I'll bring them to the conferences and sell them, you know. You know, probably ten, twelve dollars each. It's a hundred, hundred eighty-nine pages, but it's my story of my paranormal encounters since I was like four years old. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. but then how it got so weird that uh, you know we're going to get to this that when uh, I was doing at the peak of my popularity with the Hangar One TV show on the History Channel, you know, uh, in twenty fourteen and fifteen. Something shows up in my house in 2014. It was clearly a demon. It was a demonic entity, but we'll get to mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. you know, and, and there are things that happen involving UFO conferences, my UFO involvement. What does that have to do with the demonic? And, you know, I've done this 180 that, uh, you know, I, I, and I'll say it right here in the beginning of the show, I, I believe the, uh, the alien abduction, uh, I think that's demonic. I, I don't think that aliens do the things that people describe in the middle of the night and then keep coming back, and then you got no control over these abductions. I, I have done enough research in demonology to realize when I read 
some of these books by Carla Turner, Betty Andresia, and some of the others. I even have a PowerPoint presentation on it where I take about five cases and talk about this is what they said. These are famous UFO cases. That's a marker of the uh, demonic. That's a marker. That's a marker. That's a marker. These people are dealing with demonic entities. These are not aliens, you know. Um, and then are the you big saying that everybody with MUFON, you know, is dealing with demons. No, not every. every you know, I, I think that you have to separate the UFO in the sky, right? Because mm -hmm. the UFO, we get it on radar. People are seeing it. Uh, you know, I think you have to, and, and that's what MUFON investigates is the UFO, the object, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but the contact, the entity, the abduction, the contact, I think you have to s separate that from the UFO. They may not be the same thing, even though sometimes the UFO is seen and the entity is seen and is an abduction and that type of stuff, Uh I just I just don't see the, the UFO field, uh, you know, I, I, I just see it as, as paranormal, not scientific. It's paranormal is what it is, you know. Well, you know, in the paranormal field that they do have, you know, the people who are spiritual, but you also got the scientific people in the paranormal. Yeah. And that would probably be the same way um, with the UFO community. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, um, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, we're doing the UFO conference since 2009. Right. And mm -hmm. I recruited Fred Saluger because he moved up here from, uh, um, Florida and in 2014. So I had already filmed the first season of Hangar One and it, it may have, yeah, I think it already it aired in February that first season. So, uh, it's over. And uh, I'm doing a show in Pittsburgh over there called UFOs over over Pittsburgh, right? Mm -hmm. And we're filming it right over by the football stadium. There's a studio there, uh, and it's it's on TV. It's aired on uh, public, you know, public t television, whatever channel it was at the time. And uh, Fred Saluga, he one day says to me, John, you got to look at the alien abduction because you know Mufon in my 10 years, well, 15 years at that point with uh, MUFON, I was really doing scientific investigations. You said you saw something. You know, we we went to all these websites, tried to find out what was in the sky at that time and do these interviews and stuff. And I, I never really, I didn't have anybody actually come to me and saying they were abducted. So I didn't do it. I never did an abduction. So he goes, it doesn't add up. You got to look at it. And it was no sooner that he said that. And I don't know if that's a coincidence. Maybe it was a warning. Maybe like uh, the guardian angel had him tell me that. I don't know. But it was no sooner he said that weeks later, something shows up in my house, you know, and wow. uh, yeah. And, and, it, and it shows up between the two seasons of, of, of anger one, you know, and, uh, and, and I'll tell you though, uh, I, I look at this UFO field again, and I know some of the people are going to be saying, oh, I don't believe this guy. This is crazy. But I, I joined MUFON in 1998. So and I know nothing about UFOs. You know, I wrote a book on end time prophecy. 
you know, the Mayan calendar, I'm traveling all over the country, being invited to festivals, speaking about the Mayan calendar, you know, the end time prophecy in 2012 and all of that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book on UFOs next, because when I was doing the research, uh, a lot of these cultures talked about people from the stars, people on flying shields. And so it gave me the impression that, well, they're talking about UFOs. So let me, I knew nothing. When I joined MUFON, I knew zero. I was a horror fan, Comic-Con. I collected famous monsters of film land. Yeah, I can tell you all about the classic Universal movies. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't know one thing about, about UFOs other than I went to see Alien and Predator. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that, was, that was about all I knew. I like uh, Predator. I think that was the best one. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I just, really you know, did. I just bought Prey, the one that was on Hulu. That's what the, he, the, the predator shows up with the Native Americans. That, that was a good, that was actually a good show. If they were smart, they would take Predator and do these movies where it, all through history, you know, like they did Aliens and Cowboys, right? So this one mm -hmm. was Predator with, with the Indians. But why not do Predator with Rome, with Roman soldiers, Predator with uh, Templar Knights dur during the Crusade? And have them fight him. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, it would. Yeah, uh, oh, it would. I mean, I see. I get these ideas when I see stuff. It is right <laughs> away. It's like, oh shit, man! I would do this, and I would do this, and I would. And I've always been that way. Creative. That's why I write. Well, why write, why write, didn't you write it down, brother? Oh, well, you know, I have, and you know, I I worked with the Discovery Channel and the History Channel, and I kept some contacts, and I have. Well, I've made the mistake of giving them my ideas and saying, just put me in it. Here's the idea. And, you know, um, UFO Hunters took my idea. Was it UFO Hunters? No, it was Ancient Aliens. They took my idea and did a whole show on it. Every single thing I gave the guy was in the show. I'm sitting there looking at it and saying, how can that be? That's what I gave the guy. So, right. you know, I, I texted him the next day, messaged him, or emailed him. And he goes, well, I never passed your stuff on. I said, well, you know, that's a problem, first of all, because I'm helping you with the script for free, and you tell me you didn't pass it on. So what's the odds that they do a show and there's like eight points I gave you, all eight are in that show, you know? No, well, that's a mistake. But but I've tried. I've put it in. They have a portal on Discovery Channel, and you go in, and it's it's confidential. They sign an agreement, but they they've never got back to me and I think I have some really good ideas, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. How many yeah, books do you have out there, brother? <laughs> it's ten books on five subjects. I think there's three, three on end time prophecy, um, one on slavery, one on my first book in the world written on COVID, right? And then uh, UFOs, where I think four. And I'm probably missing one somewhere. Oh, there's uh, demonology. There's uh, actually two, I would say. Mm -hmm. I would put the ufologist in the, well, it's a, you know, it's a haunting. It's UFOs and demonology. So I don't know. But, but you know, 10 books. But, but let me just take you back a little and try to tell you why I believe what I believe. is. So I joined MUFON in 98. Didn't know anything. I'm uh, 41 years old. So 99, the MUFON Symposium is in Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, right? So I said, okay, that's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive. 
I'm going to go to my first MUFON symposium because I'm a MUFON men member, right? So I go and I meet all these people and I see these presentations and I, I go home. It's 4th of July. I didn't stay for the fireworks. I said, I'm going to go home. So I get home 4th of July, right, of uh, 99, and I go to bed. I have the most lucid dreams. I have an out-of-body experience. I'm floating above the house. There's some something in the bedroom with me, you mm -hmm. know, and when I fall asleep, I see you know, in my dream, it's uh, if it is a dream or it's your consciousness that went somewhere, I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, this is kind of hairy, like it from uh, the TV show, Cousin It, you know, yeah, it's standing yeah. next to the bed and it's got long hair and stuff. I'm waking up like every hour, hour and a half, swinging my fist. I actually hit the headboard. I almost broke my wrist, you know, and I can feel the presence in the room. There is something in the room with me, you know, and it's not saying any, it's not making any noises. It's as soon as I fall asleep, I'm having these lucid dreams. I dream I'm floating. It's an out of body experience. I'm floating above the house. My cars, I could see my car in the driveway, green grand Cherokee I had. And the, the peak of the house is right here where my desk is. And I, I was saying to myself, touch it, move your hand, touch the peak of the house. I don't know what would have happened because I think that would have woke me up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I, either I'm going to see I'm floating in the air. Or I fall, fall outside or I just go back to my body. I don't I don't know what would happen, but uh, it went on for four nights, you know, and my girlfriend at the time. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'm the MUFON investigator. Right. And she jumps on uh, New Fork. It's it, they're like MUFON. They're located in Seattle. And she goes, John, I looked up uh, that night, July 4th. And she she said there was a UFO sighting over Penn State and there was a UFO sighting over Morgantown, West Virginia. And I said, well, I think if you draw a line from Penn State to Morgantown, it would go right over my house. Pretty close. You know, right. Right. So, so you got these two sightings that took place uh, that night. Uh, it was just weird. So, you know, I, I always said, why, why at a UFO conference? And, and then I'm at the conference, and um, I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. This, you know, I'm single. This really attractive blonde comes in, right? And it was mm -hmm. something about her, almost albino-ish. You know, but in my head, I'm saying, well, if there's a hybrid there, half human, half alien, it's going right. to come to a UFO conference. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I see her sit down. And um, so, I OK, it's, it's lunch break. She comes in at 11. They break for lunch at 12. I make sure I get behind her online. Right. So, <laughs> you know, you know how it's done. And then, you know, we get we get lunch. And I say, oh, can I sit with you? OK. Yeah. So we start talking. And, uh, you know, she's got these gray bloodshot eyes, whitest white skin you can imagine. Uh, even her hair was, you know, it's almost whitish and stuff. And so we go back at one o'clock and, and sit down. It's, you know, I didn't sit with her. I'm looking all over. She She's not there. So who pays for a conference, shows up for one hour and doesn't come back? She never came back to the conference. So I'm saying to myself, that might have been a hybrid. That could have been. Yeah. They were there. She was there checking something out. But I made this contact with her, right? Mm -hmm. So now I go home Sunday night, and I got all this craziness in my house upstairs, right? 
so 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 that's one thing with the UFO conference. Then in 20, probably 15 or 16, you know, I'm at the MUFON Symposium with Jan Harzan and his wife. Uh, you know, I'm sitting at, I was on the board of MUFON, so I'm sitting at the table with some of the MUFON people. And, uh, and I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but, you know, I'm telling Jan's wife, who I know is very religious, that I, I got a, I got a demon in my house. You know, I got, mm-hmm. I got something in my house. And, and she looks at me and says, John, I have seen that here at the symposium, at the MUFON. I said, what? She goes, I have sat in the back of the room and I have seen shadow people moving among the crowd. As there are people sitting watching the lecture, she says, I have seen shadow people moving among the tables and the people and stuff that she has seen it, right? Right. So then I think it was 2018. There's the MUFON Symposium. I didn't go. I didn't go to that one. It was maybe 18 or 19. 18 was in Cherry Hill. I actually set that up as I did in 2014 and and ran the symposium. But I think it was 2019. So I didn't go to the symposium. And I start people start contacting me saying, "John, did you hear what happened at the symposium?" I said, "No." There was a bunch of shadow people seen at the symposium, but it was seen by uh, a couple of state directors. And they were like up in arms. They saw it, you know, and they wanted to have a meeting, like an emergency meeting with the board and stuff. What is this? You know, and uh, then there's a guy who's the second in charge of uh, the abductions. They have an abduction group, right? He dies Mm -hmm. in his room. He dies in his room. You know, 2019, uh, he was a psychologist and he died. And and I kind of now think to myself, did he have the first case of COVID, you know, because they, they said he had like a flu, flu-like symptoms, that type of stuff. So this is probably August of 2019. You know, COVID didn't break until uh, March of 20, let's say, but there were cases of COVID prior to that and China just wasn't saying anything, you know. So now I got the, you know, the the the, the MUFON director's wife, I got state directors saying they're seeing shadow people at at conferences, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, what's this connection now with UFOs and my experience in 99? And I'm saying, I, I you know, more I look into it, I say, I don't think this UFO thing is what we think it is, you know, and I start thinking, okay, it's not from space, it's interdimensional, you know, right? something that comes through a dimension. And then, you know, because it flies, we say, oh, it's from space. Well, you know, they see as many UFOs coming out of the water as they see in the air. So, mm-hmm. you know, does that mean they're from the ocean? <laughs> Maybe. I don't That's know. True. It could but, be. You know, what's your theory on um, whenever uh, a Bigfoot is witnessed or seen Yeah. Um, that they're part of the UFO community? I mean, well, there's... There's a couple of cases. Pennsylvania has two famous cases of of Bigfoot and UFOs at the same time. Uh, 1966, Prescow Island up in uh, Erie. Um, These five people in a car drive out to Prescow Island. They pull out onto the sand and then they get stuck in the sand. And uh, I think two of them got out and went for help, tried to get a tow truck, something to pull them out. The other three stayed behind. So there's documented UFO sighting that night. Mm -hmm. I think these people even saw the UFO. So the two guys go, 
and they leave one guy and I think two women in the car. And those three, they see a Bigfoot. It comes up to the car. It shakes the car. It scratches the car. They're screaming. And uh, the park police or whoever it was, he, uh, I don't know if he got, he heard it, heard them screaming. He actually started running and he dropped his gun in the sand and he kept running to try to help them, you know, and uh, the Bigfoot leaves and the UFO leaves, you know, and the following day, and I got pictures of this. They, there was like fur on, on a tree branch. It was kind of a, 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 a thin tree. Maybe it was that big and it was leaning sideways and on the branch, this fur, you know, and, and the police officer is pointing to it and there's these large footprints in the sand. So they pour cast, a, uh, 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 plaster casts and they, and then the air force shows up, project blue book showed up. And they took all of the casts and they kicked sand in the holes and they, they took the fur and everything. And that was the end of that case, you know. But mm-hmm. then in 1973, there was a big UFO wave that started down in Pasigula, Mississippi. Came up the Mississippi River, came across Pennsylvania, and it ended up in uh, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And it lasted six weeks. And the case in Pasigula was an abduction. It was actually a pretty famous case. And uh, in Alabama, uh, the police chief took a picture of this almost tinfoil-looking alien standing there. And when he brought it forward the next day to the town people, it's a small town in Alabama, they went crazy. They burned his house down, and they ran the police chief out of town. You know, yeah. You know, I don't know if they thought it was demonic or it was or alien. It just scared them so much. They just they got rid of the, the you know, the, the the person who told them about it. You know, hey, John, I got a question for you. Pal. Yeah. Yeah. OK, this is from Virginia Land again. John, what was your inspiration for the demonology book you've written? What was the greatest experience you ever had that was paranormal? Okay. Well, the the inspiration of the book was, uh, and I was leading up to that, was in 2014, June 7th of 2014. So it's in between. I'm I'm a star on the Hangar One show. People know me. They recognize me in the airports. Are you the guy from the UFO show? Yeah, right. So I'm in the house here and I'm watching uh, the baseball game. It was the Detroit Tigers. I got a 110-pound Doberman. And he, the Dolben was not a friendly dog. He comes over to me, and he has never done this. I'm in the lounge chair. He comes over, and he lay. my legs are out. He lays across my legs like to protect me or something, you know? And it was a couple of minutes later. I'm watching the baseball game. On the wall, there is a bang that, uh, like a sonic boom in the house. Boom! And... The dog's in front of me. So he turns. I turn at the same time and look. I have a picture on the wall of uh, three Native Americans overlooking Mount Washington in Pittsburgh. The picture flips up, you know, like maybe a half inch. And I got two Indian headdresses. The feathers blow to the side. Right? Oh, wow. So I, I, uh, at 9 o'clock every night in the summer, I go upstairs and... Uh, 
as soon as the sun goes down, I open the attic door because uh, there's screens and the skylights and the cool air comes in and it cools mm-hmm. the house down, you know, in the summer. We don't really don't have to use a lot of uh, air conditioning. So I go upstairs to open the attic door and right in the hallway, I walk into this column of smell. I, I thought when I first walked into it, I said, oh, man, did the dog do his business up here in one of the bedrooms? Right. Then I, was, I say, well, you know, this is this smells more like rotting flesh, like a dead animal or something. So I step back and I don't smell it. I step forward. I smell it. So, you know, and I walk through it and then I don't smell it. You know, I go in the bathroom. Well, it don't smell in there. So I put the um, the fan on in the bathroom thinking I'll suck it out, you know, because it's right outside the bathroom door. But this is column of smell that smells like uh, like a dead animal, basically. So I go back down, watch the game, uh, you know, 1030-ish, uh, go back upstairs to go to bed, and the dog sleeps on the kind of chair at the footboard of my bed. Now, like I say, it's 110 pounds, a big Doberman. So he lays down. I put the TV on to get the weather or the news. And <clears throat> so I can see the dog's head <clears throat> and I'm watching the news. And then in my bathroom, again, there's this boom, boom. I'm th- Sean, these, these are like, like a cannon went off in your house and mm-hmm. the dog and I, boom, we both turned and look at the bedroom, right? right. At the bathroom, right? Where, where, the, where the sound came from. And, uh, you know, I kind of, I ignored it. Uh, you know, I turned the fan off in the bathroom and the smell was still there like three hours later, you know, mm. and, and I said, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to bed. Right. So, so I went to bed and there was no other activity, but the next day I, I woke up, I said, you know, I got concerned about it. So I contacted, uh, I had recruited some ghost hunters into the MUFON group, you know, cause I said, they know how to like, even like you, you know, you guys know how to investigate. So, you know, you might know uh, ghosts and he might know, uh, you know, Bigfoot and he might, you know, that type of thing. So I recruited them as UFO investigators. And it turned out to be really good at it, too. So I called two of them who were into the ghosts, you know, and uh, they both said the same t- thing independently was uh, if, if, you, if it smelled like a dead animal, you have a demon in your house. That's not a ghost. That's a well, demon. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, if you didn't find any, uh, I, I have a follow-up question for you. Mm. Um, this one's from Boots the Cat. Yeah. Uh, do you perceive them as just another repet- a repetitive exercise with little likely outcome, or are you inclined to believe that they're a significant step towards full disclosure? Uh, is 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 he talking about my experience with this yeah. alien, a ghost? Yeah, I would think well, so. Yes. Wait. I, oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on, John. He goes, John. I'm curious to hear your perspective on oh, the, the congressional hearings. Uh, well, let's yeah. put it this way. Yeah. Uh, for the whole time I was with Mufon, I was one of the biggest proponents that UFOs are real. They're from out of space. And there's documents, there's witnesses, there are military, you know, they, they, you know, you have some people coming out saying it. And there's a lot of documented evidence from the 50s and 60s. And but the government always denied it with uh, Project Blue Book. So as 
as the government said, it's not real and we don't investigate UFOs. I always said, yes, you do. And matter of fact, if you go on Facebook, I, I if you go to my page, I put my interview with Anderson Cooper up there from 2012. It, it, it's only about a minute and a half. It's me arguing with him and Joe Nickel of the Skeptic Society. And Anderson will not believe that the military knows about UFOs and, and they're covering it up. So, you know, he was wrong 12, uh, 11 years ago, obviously, because now you got congressional hearings and now the military and the Pentagon's telling you that UFOs are real. Mm -hmm. So I, because, not because of that, but now the military tells you they're real, I don't believe they are. You know, when they were saying they're not real, I said they were real. Now that they say that they are real, I said, bullshit, they're not real. Because, you you know, for you to come forward, you always have another agenda. So now yes. I've lost faith in the fact that the military says and the Pentagon and the whole way that that thing came out with Lou Elizondo and the, the guy from Blink-182, it was all a scam. It was just mm -hmm. made up to pull you in. Some marketing guy put this together, and, and that's what it was, you know? So so I've become more skeptical of the UFO from space. I'm less skeptical of UFOs from a dimension or the future, maybe us from a couple hundred years from now. But I have I am 1,000% convinced that, you know, ghosts are real, uh, demons are real, angels are real. And that a lot, if not most of the abductions are really demonic infestations, you know, but, mm -hmm. but the, this thing got actually worse. So that was 2014. And uh, so now it's, you know, it's funny how the your guardian angels looking out for you. Cause sometimes they got to scare you straight. And, and who's that's, yours? Who's your guardian? I have no idea. I never asked, but it's, I know it's there, you know, but so I'm on, you know, uh, I'm not dating anybody at that time. And I get on, uh, was it match.com? One of them. And I meet this really beautiful Italian girl and she's been on my podcasts, you know, she's a year older than me. I, I would have put her at 40 years old. She's 66 now, 67, uh, you know, it looks like Sophia Loren. And uh, so I start dating her and, you know, that's going back uh, nine years. Uh, she was 57 back then, let's say. Uh, so I start dating her and I have to start talking about this because it had just happened a couple of months earlier. And she goes, that happened to me. I said, what? What are the odds you meet somebody on a date and they had a, a, a demonic attack? And she says to me, I'm going to come over. I got my own holy water. I know what to say, what to do. She came over. She went room by room, you know, holy water, drove, you know, said her prayers, the St. Michael prayer, all of that. And boom, now the house is clean. Right. Mm -hmm. But it only lasted a few months and then yeah. it came back and it always it always comes back. You know, it's like they play a game, a psycho psychological game with you. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like the CIA, like they're waterboarding you and uh, <laughs> and they come back. And really. And, and, and it's all psychological game because, you know, you think about the movie, The Invisible Man. Right. We're fighting the invisible man. I can't see him. I, you know, I saw it one time. I saw it one time. Mm -hmm. um, it was five in the morning and um, my bed, I, where my bed is, I can see right down the hallway. Right. right. So uh, I wake up at five and it's like sudden and there's somebody standing at the end of the hallway. And I'm like, I, I like, I'm, I'm rubbing my eyes. I'm slapping my face. 
And I'm looking, there's somebody standing there. I said, what the right. heck is that? Right. And he's standing and that's where that door is, where the smell was. The door is there to go up the attic, but it looks like he's backlit like the attic light is on, you know? So mm -hmm. I got a silhouette figure. He's over seven feet tall because his head is a little above the door frame. And when I saw him, he froze in place. And he had long arms, long legs. And I remember the waist was like 18 inches. What about that size was the waist, you know? Did he have so a top hat? He, he had a square. No, no top hat. He had a square head like a helmet, you know? Huh. Almost like uh, the Templar Knights who had the flat top helmet, yeah. you know, and uh, I'm looking, but I can't, you know, there was no indication of a college shirt. No, it, it, you know, it, whatever it was, was skin tight, tiny waist, square head, and very long arms and legs, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's like 30 seconds into it, I crawled to the footbed. So now I'm six feet closer and I'm looking down the hallway. I said, there's somebody standing there. So I said to myself, I didn't say it out loud. I said, step over the footboard, charge it and hit it as hard as you can. As soon as I had the thought, like another voice in my head said, you don't want to do that. That could be dangerous. You right. want to step off the side of the bed, turn the light on. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I work at UPS safety first. Yeah, I said, yes. oh, I, I should do that. So I went and did that and it's gone. But here's the strange thing. I walked down the hallway. I was looking for footprints down there. Right. And I walked past my Doberman who's sleeping at the top of the stairs. He's asleep. Right. I come back. He's asleep. You you walk past the Doberman twice and see if you if if he's he don't turn his head. You can't walk past the dog twice and he don't wake up. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know it's almost like that abduction thing. But then you know I go to bed and I turn the light off and I, I see a light outside the house and it's getting dimmer, pulling away. So the UFO people say that was an alien. You're you're on this Hangar One show. You, you made yourself popular. You know, they know who you are now. It had a square head. There was a light outside that got dimmer. That was an alien thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, maybe it was, mm -hmm. you know, but it it was all around that same time with the demon, you know. But then it even gets worse is that uh, it was, no, actually a couple of years before that, uh, my girlfriend's living with me. My kids come over for Thanksgiving. And they, they, you know, they grew up in New Jersey, but I always brought them out here and I always got them for Thanksgiving. So we go to bed at 1230. Right. And uh, we turn the lights out and we hear walking up and down the hallway. So I said to my girlfriend, ah, it's probably the kids. They're walking up to the door, see if they can hear anything like if we're messing around. Right. So I get up in the morning. Well, she leaves for work. She had to go to work the next day on Friday after Thanksgiving. And she always uses the bathroom in the hallway, right, where mm -hmm. that smell was. And so I get up to brush my teeth, and on my mirror in the master bathroom, there's two arm prints like this, an X like that, oh, on wow. the mirror, except it's got six fingers. Oh, shit. Clearly, six Dude. fingers on each hand. <laughs> and the imprint are the two bones hollow in the center, like oh, a skeleton, God. like a oh, skeleton. Wow. And I'm looking at the size of it, 
And, you know, I'm, I lean forward and I said, man, I can't really get my hand on the top of the mirror and my elbow. So I take a tape measure and I measure it. And you know what's funny? The fingers were small. Like, mm-hmm. here's my hand. The fingers cut off like at this top digit. It was like they had really short fingers, like about that. Right. That was the fingers, really short fingers, right? But six of them. So I measure it, you know, and then I measure my uh, elbow to finger, and it's three inches longer than mine. So, you know, you put your arms out. I'm six feet. My arm length is six feet, six one, right? So, uh, but it's three inches. So it's three, six, nine, 12. That thing was seven feet tall. And the wow. thing that, it made the impression. And the thing down the hallway I saw was seven feet tall with long arms, you know? Oh, my God. So, hey, you know, that's, that stuff's all real, you know? Of course it's real. But yeah. I have another, my friend Rhonda. She has a question for you, brother. Oh, Rhonda was the girl that helped me. I don't know. Oh, this is a different Rhonda. (laughs) This is Rhonda. Yeah, it's a different one. But uh, before I tell you this question here, uh, at 9 o'clock, we're going to take a two-minute break. So you have to go to the bathroom or get something to drink. Or How long is the show? Two hours. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I thought it was one hour. Okay, that's fine. No, no, it's two hours now. Okay. And uh, so at 9 o'clock, we're going to take the break for about two, two and a half minutes. And then we'll get back and do the second part of the of your show, yeah. which you have some more interesting stuff that you'd mm. like to share with us. But the question is from Rhonda. She goes, my dad lived in Roswell, New Mexico for years and worked for the county. He took me out near White Sands before. It is hard to explain the feeling you get when you go near there. In your opinion, what do you think they are using that area for? And do you think they are replicating the spacecrafts there? Good question, Rhonda. Yeah. Well, you know, the that area, White Sands, Roswell, uh, was where we launched the atomic bomb front to Japan, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So uh, Little Boy, I think that was maybe the name of what they dropped in that airplane. It, they left from there. That's where, or that's where it was all put together, the bombs, everything. So that's where all of that was created, which is kind of interesting. And that's where you see this UFO stuff uh, taking place. Um, but I got a story to tell you. So, uh, um, so I, I go to Roswell for the first time in 2013, right? So I, I don't go during the festival for Fourth of July because you know people walking around in tin hats making fun of it, and that's not what I'm into. I go the week before because I want to go to the museum and um, you know I want to see everything. So I go to Roswell, and um, so I go to the museum. You know I did I did, and I, then I go to this Chinese restaurant to eat after I do that. Right? I'm sitting there. It's not the same girl from. 1999 there's another girl sitting there similar looking right pale as can be bloodshot gray eyes kind of albino looking so i noticed her and right away you know my head said that's like the girl you ran into at the ufo conference you know Mm -hmm. so i'm leaving the next day going to santa fe and i was uh and i had a book that i was writing while i was on vacation called the alternative history of mankind. And uh, I had the book, the cover art, I had the title. I didn't know how to tell my story. Uh, That's what I was trying to figure out, but I keep writing my notes, right? So 
I'm leaving Roswell, heading out. I'm going to go to Santa Fe. And I had come from Albuquerque, so it's the same road. And it's 173 miles, 178 miles. About halfway at about the 90-mile mark, there's this, like, abandoned town with two or three stores open, right? There's a gas station and a brand-new diner. You, you, 1950s diner, brand-new, roller skates, you know, it, it, it is the most out of place thing to make you think you just went back in time because all the other stores in that town are closed. You know, they went out of business, whatever. So I'm so I know exactly where I'm going and I'm leaving to head now to Santa Fe for the, my drive. There's the girl from the Chinese restaurant, the albino looking hybrid girl hitchhiking out of town. Right. And I look at her. She got no purse. No bag, no nothing. And I said, where could this girl be going? Who hitchhikes? You don't even have a purse, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're going, and just, once you leave Roswell, there ain't nothing for about 90 miles, right? So a light, I don't pick her up because I don't pick up hitchhikers. A light bulb in my head goes off, and I say, that's how you write your book. And people have told me that book is the best book I've ever written. Mm -hmm. In the book, I pick her up. And she's a hybrid. And on our drive, our three-hour drive, we discuss the whole UFO thing. And she's telling me how they have – there are – like ancient aliens, they – there are real history. And I'm kind of arguing – you know, I believe in creation and God, and and I know the, the demonic side is real, you know. And, and she acknowledges that the aliens have that in common with us. They're afraid of the dark side. They know the demons are real. So whatever planet she's from, they have the same experiences with Satan and demonic entities. It's a cool book that I wrote. And, and, and I'll tell you something funny. In the story, I put that we stop at that 50s diner, right? And I'm mm -hmm. a big Detroit Tiger fan. So we're in there. You know, I said to her, do you want to stop and get a burger? I want to get a burger and a milkshake. So she goes, yeah, right? So... So the diner pops up like a couple of miles later, you know, in the story I'm doing this. And there was no, like, I didn't know there was a diner there, right? So we go in, I have a burger and a milkshake. I go into the, the bathroom to use the urinal. And right above me is the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and it's a, a story about them. I said, well, what's the odds that yeah. I'm a Tiger fan and there's an <laughs> article of the Tigers? I'm in Albuquerque. I'm in, the, the, you know, in New Mexico. So as we walk back to the car, she says to me, you know, I said, well, that was pretty good. And she says, yeah, I'm just glad you didn't ask for seafood. Hmm? Well, you know, because I said I wanted a burger and a shake. Okay. She created the 1950s <laughs> diner with burgers and shakes. So okay. she said, I'm glad you didn't ask, because then she'd have to create a seafood restaurant, right? Uh -huh. You know, so it was kind of my, uh -huh. you know, humor or wit in, in, this, in the story. But, but that is <laughs> that I saw this this woman just where like, do you think the hybrids come from? Well, if you listen to Dr. David Jacobs, uh, he says that the aliens have been here for uh, a long time. You know, even if it's uh, you know, let's say my my feeling is 1942 was when they really showed themselves to us. The Battle of L.A. There's a lot to the Battle of L.A. that took place February 1942. You know, it was the first time we fired on a UFO. Bye, first, first time we used the uh, um, the excuse 
of weather balloons and the first time we denied UFOs, even though there's a famous picture of a, a, a cone-shaped UFO uh, with nine spotlights on it and anti-aircraft fire hitting all around it, but we couldn't take the thing down, <laughs> you know. But mm -hmm. uh, David Jacobs, you know, he said they're here to take the planet over. They have no regard for us. And they abduct people, which is all the abduction stuff that we've always heard. It's the aliens doing that. And they take the genetic material and, uh, you know, they create a f generation, generation, you know, every 20 years, another generation to the point that the hybrids fit into our society. You know, they don't look that albino like the ones I ran into 20 years ago. Uh, they, they look like us. They are in they're in CEOs and companies, politicians. They might only be three three percent alien, but they have this hive mentality they're still connected, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you one other thing. I, I didn't tell you in 1999, when I uh, went to the MUFON symposium and I had the out-of-body experience and all of that, is in my dreams, you know, this is where you're, I'm mixing this alien and demonic thing. In my, my, I'd lay down and go to sleep and I had this dream that um, my Doberman is floating in the air with his feet sticking out, you know? And there's this hybrid kid. I, there's this kid there poking him. I remember it like yesterday. And I'm yelling at the kid, stop poking my dog. Like he never saw a dog before. He's poking him in the ribs as he's mm -hmm. floating in the air. And I remember the background was a cream-colored nothing. There was no windows, no doors, no curtain. It was just cream-colored. The dog is floating. The kid he has no shirt on. And he turns around to look at me. He's got these big eyes, like the size of my glasses, right? That's the size of his eyes. He's got like all hair plugs, like hair that didn't grow right. And his forearm, his forearm is like twice the size of mine, right? Mm -hmm. And on the end, the bone is sticking out of the elbow like that, you know? And he's got a huge Popeye like forearm. And I, I look at this thing and, you know, and then I, I, I write it down, right? I wrote mm -hmm. down what happened when I decided to write a book. And I always wondered, is this my kid? Is this kid a hybrid and I'm his father? And they're like, I'm introducing me to the kid. I'm playing with the kid, that type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I decide to write my book on, uh, you know, my experiences, I pull my notes out. And I look at it, and um, in my notes, it doesn't say anything about this bug-eyed, muscular kid. It's not in my notes. My notes say the kid has a, a rat boy face with these buck teeth like a rat, mm -hmm. and his hair is slicked back, and he's wearing like a black outfit like Nosferatu. He kid looked like a almost like a vampire, or but he had these these. Uh, it looked like a rat face boy, you know. So I said to myself, "Wait a minute, my memory is of the other kid, but yet I wrote this version down." So I don't know what that means. Did I see both of these kids? Is one a screen memory that's put in my head? 
that only one Very of them. possible. Very Who possible. the hell knows? But, you know, think about that. You have this, you know, it's like the Mandela effect. You've got this memory, Sean, of coming to the, the uh, UFO conference in 2010, right? Mm -hmm. now, and you were a speaker, right? and you remember it, right? Yep. Now, what if I pulled the poster out because I got it downstairs, and you're not listed as a speaker, and I tell you, you were never there. You didn't speak, right? Mm -hmm. Right. That's what it was like. I saw a kid that I remember, but what I wrote down was totally different. And when I read it, I remembered it. I remembered exactly what that kid, other kid. So maybe they were both there. I don't know. But, you know, that's the whole abduction thing where, you know, you meet these hybrid kids and, and all of that stuff. And that falls under the UFO side. But I'm telling you what happened with me was the beginning, I think, of a demonic attack. Or I experienced both. I experienced UFOs and a demonic attack, you know? Right. I don't mm -hmm. I don't know, you know? But uh, I don't know. It just It's very, very weird. But it all centers around this UFO field, you know? Mm -hmm. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Brandon. Good to see you. Johnny, if you're still around, thank you for stopping in. Rhonda, thank you for the wonderful uh, question. Cindy. Thank you for saying hello, <laughs> hello, and everybody else who's still in the chat. Yeah. Um, in about what? three minutes, we're going to be nine o'clock, and then we're going to take our two-minute break, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll talk some interesting stuff with John that what has happened to him. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Well, in the meantime, since I got two and a half minutes, uh, I I tell you this story. Nothing to do with anything we're talking about here, but I I went to Europe uh, a couple of weeks ago two or three weeks ago, and I was knighted as a Knights Templar. The yes. whole ceremony with the sword, I got the cape with the big red cross, the the, the, sh the sh shroud that you wear, everything, the dagger, all of that stuff. So I was knighted in the UK as Knights that Templar. That is so cool, man. Yeah. And that, that's what I want to talk about into the second hour. Okay, well, I got more UFO stuff to tell you, too. Oh, yeah, but, uh, absolutely. But, you know, and as I looked into them, uh, boy, they are just like me. They talk about having high standards and values and, you know, and, of course, it's the UK. So it was, the, you know, to maintain the British lineage and their society. And they're being inundated with illegal aliens just like us, you know, Um mm -hmm. Same thing. It, 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 this liberalism, these progressives are trying to destroy the old world, USA, Europe, and it's happening all over. And they're upset about it, you know. And uh, but, you know, I go, they have a podcast and I jump on it, a, you know, a couple of times a week. And, you know, this is the same stuff I talk about in my political stuff, you know, running for governor and running for county commissioner. They talk exactly like I do, you mm -hmm. know, about being conservative and ha having high values and, and and not doing pagan things. And a lot of what you see from the progressives is actually paganism, which okay. goes back to fallen angels. That's what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, oh, okay. Now, you didn't – you're good, but you're, you're good, Brandon. You, you spelt it correctly, I do believe. But, uh, you know, so we are coming up, dude, and um, – in about 30 seconds, we're going to do our two-minute break, and um, we'll continue this conversation when we come back. Okay? All right. Sounds good. All right. <laughs>
Hold on, hold on. Let me do this. Don't forget, everybody, we're taking our two-minute break now. If you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, get something to drink, stretch, whatever you got to do, because we're going to have an interesting second hour. Okay, commercials. We'll get there, Jonathan. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. From 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips, and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories and full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPRN discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. Welcome back to our second hour of um, Into the Night with my guest, uh, John Ventry. Um, I'm screwing this all up, dude. (laughs) That's okay. Any other questions in there? Uh, No, but I have a couple announcements I got to make. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. First of all, I want to thank Carnation for sponsoring the second hour of Into the Night. Uh, thank you, Carnation. And today at work, I saw a lot of Carnation stuff being put out for the holidays. Um, also, again, I want to, you know, to tell you that it's CRPS Awareness Month. Uh, those are for people who have the disease that they're always constantly hurting and there is no cure for it. The only cure they do have for it is pain medicine. And uh, so if you can keep my friends and other people who do have this really nasty disease, please, please keep them in your prayers. Um, okay. Um, welcome back, John. Second hour. First hour was great. Right. Uh, let's talk. What I'd like to talk a little bit about is your, your dealing over in the U.K., Okay. I mean, what got what got you into the Knights Templar? Well, you know, um, they used to advertise on Facebook, Facebook ads, 
And uh, I have a full night of armor. I don't think you were ever over my house when you came out here 10 years ago, but I have a full night, you know. And I saw the ad, and, you know, they have the white cape with the red liner and the big red cross on the left shoulder. And I said, boy, that'd look pretty cool to put on my knight, you know, because the knight stands about six and a half feet tall. So I bought it, you know. And uh, ever since then, I'm on their email list. So they for 10 years, they've been emailing me, you know. So uh, I got an email back in August, and uh, they have a helmet a Templar helmet, and it was reduced, it was like $300, whatever. So I said, I'm going to buy the helmet. So I bought the helmet because my house, every room is themed. I have a Japanese room with a samurai. I've got medieval stuff. I got all knives and swords and axes going up the stairway. It's really cool looking, you know, replicas of, uh, you know, the, the sword from uh, Gladiator and Conan and all of that. So every room is themed differently. So, um, I, uh, my, my attorney, uh, who, who, uh, represented me when I ran for County commissioner and my own party sued me three times to get me off the ballot. And I won, he's a Freemason. And he said, um, you know, I got to get people to join. Can you join? So I said, well, I know they have a Templar branch, so I want to mm -hmm. be a Templar. Right. So I interview with them and they right away love me. All right. So, um, who wouldn't, Joe? <laughs> I don't remember who interviewed me, but they were getting ready to actually do the, you know, have me come to the ceremony. And the guy from the, the Knights Templars in the UK calls me and he says, uh, the helmet I got for you don't look quite like the ad. I just want to tell you it's, it's a cone shaped, not a flat top helmet. And I said, that's fine because the night in the hallway is a flat top. So now I'll have a cone-shaped one, which is okay. And then he says to me, why don't you just join the Knights Templars? He says, you already bought the cape, you know, which was about half the price of all the equipment that you need. And he says, you know, he said, I think it was $300. He goes, another $300, I'll send you the, the, the beret, a couple of pins, the white gloves with the red cross on it, and, and, and then you can come over whenever you want and we'll knight you. So I said, you know what? I don't have a good feeling about the uh, – uh, oh, what's the name of the group now? I forgot the name of it. The uh, Masons. The Masons, yeah. I don't have a good feeling about the Masons. So, And I even said that to him, and he said, don't join the Masons. He said they're a secret society. They uh, worship a universal God, not the Christian God. And then I'm reading two books on exorcism, right, mm -hmm. uh, by priests. And both of them in the book said uh, you cannot be a Catholic, a Christian or a Catholic and be a Freemason. So, so again, it's one of those where uh, I was about to join the Freemasons. And you know what's funny? I'm in the house, and when I made the decision to join the Templars instead of the Freemasons, I actually said I was pacing back and forth and I'm in my my game room and I actually said it out loud. And I said, you know what? I'm not joining the Masons because I don't have a good feeling about them. I'm going to join this Templar group right next to me again was that sonic boom, mm -hmm. boom on the wall. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's still something in the house that's the point of this show, you know, I'm going to tell you about stuff that's happened the last few months. So I then walk into my office here 
And I'm standing right here, and you know, I'm a little annoyed because I knew there was something, an entity in the house. And I said it again. I'm joining the Templars. I'm not joining the, the Freemasons. Boom! On the wall here. So, And then I kind of laughed to myself and said, see, they do things to trick you. They yep. put thoughts in your head. So, you know, this whole – and they could have put the thought in my attorney's head to ask him to become a Freemason because it's a secret society. And you don't really know what you're involved in with the Freemasons. You really don't. They Each level that you go up, there's a historical reenactment that gets done. But what is the significance of it? And uh, and I knew about this. And matter of fact, when they interviewed me, I said to them, I read this book called The Hiram Key. And the guys, like his eyes lit up, like I wasn't supposed to know about that. And I said, I know all about Hiram Abif. And you reenact the killing of Hiram Abif. And he says, well, I don't know anything about that. Well, yes, you do. Because I think it's the first ceremony that you reenact. Is he, he knew how to build the pyramids. There were only like three people left that knew how to build the pyramids. He was one of them. And mm -hmm. these three guys wanted to get the the knowledge from him, and he refused to tell them. So they beat him. They actually killed him. So what I think it's the first ceremony you do when they initiate you is the killing of Hiram Abif. You play Hiram Abif. But then, you know, then as I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, so the Templars are Christians, and we talk about – Jesus being crucified and beaten, and they're mocking it or or doing something similar with the killing of this guy in Egypt, you know, and they're reenacting the killing of him. You know, it's just something didn't sit sit right with me. So, so mm -hmm. that's how I got involved. But the timing of it again was incredible because I was ready to join the Freemasons because my attorney asked me to, and I knew they had a a uh, York, the York right is, I think, the uh, 14 levels to be a, a Knights Templar. So mm -hmm. I ended up joining this group over in the UK and uh, flew over there. And, uh, you know, the whole thing, we went to a couple of monasteries, an old priory that they remodeled. Uh, you know, it's like a thousand years old. And, uh, you know, you do the whole knighting thing with the sword, you take your vows. And, and all of that, and you know, it's it's cool. They all, you know, they all refer to you. They call you brother. You know, uh, right. when you're with them, it's like brother John, brother, you know, jo brother Sean, that type of stuff. And, uh, okay. you know, they don't, you know, it's like somebody said to me. Uh, one of them said, "Well, I'm gonna. Buy, they got a really good, cool sword and daggers." And and the guy says, "I'm gonna buy that sword." And he says to me, "You gonna get the sword?" And I said, "Well, my house is full of swords, but I look at it this way: Why take a sword to a gunfight? You know." <laughs> what are you gonna do with a sword nowadays? You actually gonna walk around with a sword? <laughs> you know, somebody shoot you. So, uh, I did buy the dagger because it's really cool and it's got the cross on it and stuff. So, I'm gonna put it on the the kitchen table. I got the helmet. I'm gonna put mm -hmm. that dagger right in front of it. You know, my house is like a museum, Sean. So it's like every room. And people come over and they're like amazed. I got right, an Egyptian right. room. Everything's Egyptian. I got an eight and a half foot tall Horus. Uh, you know, the, the Egyptian god of death, which is probably a mistake. I got a cat, I got a King Tut uh sarcophagus with a mummy inside and all Egyptian stuff all in the room. 
So it's uh, and then I have a Japanese room with a samurai and all Japanese stuff. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it is. It, my house is a museum, really? you know. Mm-hmm. And people have actually said it's because you have some of this stuff. My basement where we, you know, that's where I would do the show with you guys. And I think I showed you one time with my laptop, the basement was all Bigfoot, UFO, sci-fi stuff all around. It's creepy, actually, the basement, you know. That's where mm-hmm. I was doing the podcast with you. But, you know, people people see that and it's like, you know, some people get a little freaked out. It's like, what the hell? This is kind of weird in the basement. I said, well, you know, I, I love horror and sci-fi. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of TV shows and stuff. So I have all my memorabilia down there. But, but I remember that, the alien. I, the I got the alien that sat in the corner. Yeah. And, that you know, and I bring that to the UFO conference, you know, uh, you know, because it, it, it actually is very photogenic. It was made that way. So when you take a picture, you can actually see veins and skin and everything. It was the way that they had constructed it, you know. Oh, wow. But that's, that's, how, I got, that's how I got involved in the, the Templars. And, you know, it's like uh, they do a daily podcast. And sometimes I jump on and listen. They talk just like me. Um, and you, you know what they did is uh, – they actually made the London Times and the New York Times, this Templar group, in 2016. They, uh, well, when, when, they, when England did the Brexit, when they left the EU, they credited the Knights Templars as swaying the public to leave, you know, to vote against, to vote for Brexit. And really? they, they put out like 23 million uh, messages, Facebook stuff, and people read it and they were influenced that we want our independence and to leave the EU and we're, we're Great Britain, you know, we're separate from, uh, from Europe. And so the, the, there was a front page article, the Knights Templars swayed it. And uh, then what they did with the 2016, the Trump election, they were pro-Trump and they did some research on Hillary and I guess they and the guy says it's factual. They found some satanic stuff with Hillary Clinton, and they again did a uh, social media campaign in the U.S. And uh, I remember it, you know, from t- I remember seeing some of this stuff about Hillary, uh, and I think she was painting her walls with blood or something, but she was involved in this occult activity. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it back then. And it made the front page of the New York Times that the Knights Templar did this campaign with millions of. And this is the type of stuff that, you know, they try to stop on Facebook and stuff is you're being able to influence. But, you know, Facebook is basically just attacked Republicans and conservatives. They also said that the Knights Templars were like the first bank. Yeah, they were. What they did was. uh you know, they would escort people from, let's say, France to Jerusalem, and you'd have to carry money with you, right? So mm-hmm. what they did was they created the promissory note. So what they said to you was, deposit your money in Paris. We'll give you a promissory note. You gave us a thousand francs, right? When you get to Jerusalem, we give you a thousand francs. So you don't have to, you know, because they always got attacked on the road. But right. now they're not carrying any money. 
So you get to Jerusalem, they give you your money, you give them the promissory note, they give you the money. So they became bankers and they became very wealthy and uh, more powerful than the king of France, King Philip, right. and more powerful than the Pope. And they were a, a militia and around for 200 years, from 1119 to 1307 was their downfall. And, you know, then by 1328, the Templars were done, uh, basically, in Europe, and they were in hiding, and they went over to Scotland, which is why the Freemasons do the Scottish Rite, the 30, mm -hmm. 30, 32 degrees Scottish Rite. And uh, interesting, I saw an article, and it said that there is evidence that the Templars were in New Hampshire, they have found evidence that they were there in uh, the late 1300s, about 100 years before Columbus. So uh, wouldn't that oh, be yeah. yeah? Wouldn't that be cool if they actually, you know, Columbus, where did he land? You know, down in in Jamaica, he never did. He didn't really land in the United States. You know, he right. he was he was drifting somewhere down south, uh, you know, southwest down there in the by Puerto Rico or the Bahamas. Somewhere down there is where he ended up. I really believe in my heart that they need to write, rewrite the history. Yeah, I agree. But I think it was, well, you know, they, they may say the Vikings were here first. Uh, but, you know, there is clear evidence that the Templars, after the uh, Pope and King Philip of France uh, destroyed them by, by, you know, planting false evidence and claiming they were devil worshipers, uh, you know, then they fled to Scotland. Some came to the United States. They went to New Hampshire. You know, they just kept going past Iceland and uh, and Greenland and ended up in the New England part about 100 or so years before uh, before Columbus made it to the Bahamas. <laughs> Is that where Friday the 13th came up with? Yeah. Yeah. It, it took place on uh, uh, Friday the 13th, April. Uh, April, uh, I think it was April uh, 13th, 1307, was when the king and the pope, king of France, they rounded up all the Templars, accused them of, uh, of witchcraft and devil worship, and uh, they they killed the head uh, guy, Jacques de Molay, and they burnt him at the stake. And they burnt uh, like another 16 of them at the stake who would not admit to devil worship. And then the others saw that they were going to die. They said, yeah, I'll sign that. And they let them go. <laughs> and they fled. But they, right. destroyed, they destroyed the order with disinformation. It wasn't because they, was it the king of France owed them money? Well, that was part of it, too. Uh, they had lent the king a lot of money. So the best way to get out of your loan is to kill the guy who loaned you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Templars had as much money as the king did, you know? Uh, yeah. They had tons, and, and they had, you know, uh, um, originally they had an office in Jerusalem in King Solomon's temple, right? And, uh, and then they had, wherever they were, in Germany, in Paris, in England, you know, there were Templars in every of the main cities in, in Europe. And they had tons of gold and money because they were doing this banking stuff. And it's like, you know, maybe they took 10 percent. You know, you want to go to uh, wherever you want to go. We'll escort you with a dozen guys. But it's you give us your money. 
we give you 90% back, you know, with the promissory note, but they were rich, really rich. And, you know, there was a jealousy there between the uh, Vatican and the uh, King of France and the, Fran the, the King of France owed them money because I think they lent them money for a war or something. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like us, you know, we keep spending trillions of dollars here and there. We can't pay this debt back $33 trillion. It's, it's, and, you know, Biden just keeps spending. I don't understand it. I don't live that way. I don't live that way. You don't see me going out taking hundred thousand dollar loans every year for something. You know, I, I don't have, I buy what I can afford, but that's not the way we run our government. Pennsylvania does the same thing. I ran for governor two and a half years ago and, our budget was 33 billion three years ago. 2019, the budget was 33 billion. Do you know what the budget is they just signed uh, last month? Huh. 46 and a half. Oh my God. From 33 to 46 in four years, that's like a 39% increase in spending. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand these people. What world do they live in? And you can't. You can't sustain it. Every think tank that looked at Pennsylvania said in 2025, you're going to have to raise taxes. You cannot keep up with this type of spending. And it's the same thing for the federal government. You know, build back better. Here's a trillion for COVID. Here's 1.9 trillion for a Green New Deal. Build back better. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely right. ridiculous. But, but that's what happened in France. So they destroyed the Knights Templars and then took whatever gold they could. But the Templars took a lot of that stuff with them. And supposedly the Ark of the Covenant and all of that also, you know. Do you watch Oak Island? No. no. But in, in the book I wrote before Oak Island came out, uh, Oak Island is what, it's 10th or 11th year. I wrote a book and I said in my book that the Ark of the Covenant is at Oak Island uh, buried in that hole because I had heard about that years ago, you know, right. before the show came out, you know. Yeah, it was written in uh, uh, Reader's Digest, I think. About yeah, it. yeah, but I always they, knew about that. Yeah, they, um, you know, all because I, I was I watched it a lot and um, I followed it a lot, and yeah. you know, everything that they find comes back to the Templars, man, and yeah. you know, it's like. Huh. You know, their first season's tonight, so. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah. But the Templars impressed me. They they really do. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, you know, I, I say to myself, you know, because I battle the Republican Party. You know, I'm not a Democrat. I am a conservative Republican. So, you know, I say to myself, who are you, John? You're a Knights Templar. That's who you are. You know, right. I, I have discipline. I have high standards. I don't do dishonest things, you know, and I look at the Templars and, you know, I went and bought the, the DVD from the History Channel of Nightfall. Did you see that? It was two no. seasons. It was the fall of the Knights Templar. Uh, Landry was the main character. And, you know, I watch it and I said, you know, that's who I am. That's who I've always been since I was a teenager, you know. Right. Uh, I don't drink. Uh, I'm not dishonest. I've never done drugs. I don't gamble. You know, I live a clean life and that's who they are. So when this thing came up and I joined them, I feel I'm at home, even mm -hmm. though they are a Christian uh, nationalist militia. They're a militia. You know, uh, when uh, when uh, like in Kosovo last month, 
and in previously in other locations, if Christians come under attack by Muslims, the Templars in Europe bring them supplies, walkie-talkies, Kevlar vests, cases of water, that type of stuff. They don't fight. They don't run guns or anything. Right. But kind of like the, you know, uh, uh, first aid type stuff. They bring them supplies and stuff that they need. But they say right on the website, they are not a turn the other cheek, which is a term I've used politically, locally. You guys got to stop turning the other cheek, grow a set, take a stand. You know, that's exactly what these Templars do, you know, but they are a militia, you know. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of good friends with the militia in Pittsburgh when uh, I ran for governor. You know, they heard me speak in Butler and uh, at a couple of events I, in, in front of them, I even said, I support the militia. I was the only governor candidate who said that publicly. I support our militias across the state. They would never mm-hmm. say that. None of them would. Matter of fact, when we did the debate in uh, Newcastle, um, there was 14 of us running for governor. People, they, the question was, did Joe Biden win the presidency legitimately? And the other 13 couldn't answer the question. They all said, well, you got to accept the results. Nothing to do about it. It got to me. I happened to be the last one, right? I said, Joe Biden did not win. Joe mm-hmm. Biden cheated. The place erupted. I'm telling you, I thought they were going to pull the seats out of the ground. They were stamping, smashing the seats, screaming, yeah, finally somebody told the truth, you know? But that's me. That's a, that's who I am. I'm a Knights Templar. That's who I am in my art. And, and, and um, I'm, I'm real happy that, yeah. that you are. But a uh, couple more minutes and then we got, then I'll have you on for about another 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Well, let me- let me go back to some of the other haunted stuff that happened. Though. That that's what I want. That's what I want you to talk about for the yeah, next. Yeah, because I definitely yeah. want to talk about what happened this year. I'm going to give you some quick stuff. This haunted stuff has always been with me. You know, I, I moved to New Jersey in uh, 1991, and as soon as I moved in, you know, you got the moving boxes in the garage. We hear them sliding around the cement garage floor. You know, my father comes over and it was standing in the den. He goes, "What's that noise?" I said, Dad, the moving boxes slide around the garage floor. There was my my daughter would hear a rocking chair and a baby crying in the spare bedroom. My sister, my girlfriend, I ended up getting divorced in that house. My wife's personality did a complete 180. I used to say, I don't know who this woman is. This is not my wife. This is somebody else. You know, and I think she had an entity attached to her. But uh, my sister and my girlfriend saw uh, this rolling shadow across the ceiling. I saw it one time. Uh, My son saw a creature walk down the hallway, the same creature that was in my dream, you know, in 1999. He saw it there in uh, New Jersey. Um, He also heard voices in the wall. When he'd lay down at night, a voice in the wall behind his headboard would say, uh, I'm going to get you. And um, one time when I was, I woke up in the middle of the night uh, with my girlfriend and there's a kid standing at the footboard of my bed. He, he, he had overalls on, a plaid shirt, a bowl cut haircut. He was a blonde haired kid. He looked just like my son. I told him, come on, get into bed. He laid down next to me. And I remember it, Sean. I put the blanket in my arm over him like it was my son. And in the morning I told my girlfriend, she goes, well, the kids didn't sleep over last night. I said, I saw that kid. And then one time when I was out of town traveling, 
uh, I came home and she, she said, uh, I saw the kid too at the footboard, you know? So, you know, uh, uh, that's where the bulk of this paranormal activity, uh, started, you know, I researched the house. Did you do anything back then? You know, I'm telling you, Sean, I was so busy working at UPS. I, I just got divorced. You're stressed out. You're paying child support. You're working. I didn't have time, and I wasn't into any of this type of research um, at the time. Mm-hmm. But 97, I moved here. And as soon as I move in, in the hallway, right where that column of smell was, right? Yeah. That wall, as soon as the first day I move in, I lay down to go to bed, this slow methodical knocking, not loud, a thump, thump. I'd walk down the hallway. I'd hit the wall. It would stop. I'd walk into the bedroom, open the closet up, hit the wall. Yeah. As soon as I lay down, started again. This Uh went on for 26 years, right? So what I did a couple of months ago, I read a book by a psychiatrist whose wife was a medium and, and they contacted spirits And what he said in the book was, don't do the Catholic priest thing of commanding it to leave in the name of Jesus or you'll go to the lake of fire. He goes, these are ghosts. Jesus will not drive ghosts out. Jesus works on demons, not Mm -hmm. ghosts. He says, soft sell them, speak to them, explain to them. So I did what you probably would do. So Mm -hmm. I read the book and here's the tapping, right? I, I, it's in the middle of the night. I finally, I had it, you know, I get up, I walk down the hallway to where it is. And I said, I said to him very calmly, I said, I hear you. I have heard you for 26 years. The year is 2023. I don't know what year you think it is, but it's 2023. I've lived here 26 years. I've heard you every night, every night you tap on this wall. I walk down the wall, hit it. You stop, I lay down, you do it again. I said, you're dead. You're dead. You're probably from the cemetery right next to my house. I said, you're dead. I'm alive. (laughs) You're not alive. You know, so I explained it to him. I said, you got to go. And I said to him, you know, Sean, I said, I heard you from the first day when you hit the, tapped on the wall right here. And when I said here, my finger tap right there on that wall. And I turned and said, very good. That's exactly (laughs) what I mean. You know, and and, you know, that's how quick it reacted. As soon as I said, you tapped right here, it hit the wall right there. You know, I remember some investigations we did, um, Mm. you, you know, um, where spirits would like make a lot of noise, you know, and the people are going crazy. Uh, did this one house and it was the first time I ever, did this kind of thing um we sat down and and made a deal with the spirit okay we really did and made a deal yeah and it came out of the uh uh, uh my client smash he goes listen we like you we know you're here hmm. but with you knocking and moving shit and losing our keys and bringing them back all kinds of mischievous things um we're gonna let you have run of the house from 6 a.m. in the morning up to 10 o'clock at night. But after 10 o'clock yeah. at night, they, you know, no more. And do you know what? To this day, John, it still happens. 
they yeah. don't hear nothing after 10 o'clock. Well, I tell you what, what happened with this thing when I soft sold it, spoke to it, it goes down the hallway, tapping the wall, lighter, 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 till I could barely hear a tap, and it left. It hasn't mm-hmm. been back. It's been a couple of months now. It left. You know, it, it like you recognized it. You oh, you I knew, knew it was going. Yeah, and but it I, kind of like put a shock to the dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, they you know maybe that's their entertainment or they're trying to get my attention. They're probably just trying to scare me. And uh, you know, so I finally acknowledged them, explained everything to them, and I said, "You're not. You're annoying me. You're not scaring me. I've heard you for 26 years. You know, I'm trying to sleep at night, and it left. You know, and." Uh, but I'll tell you something else that happened. So, uh, and this is again on the paranormal side is my kids, uh, you know, grew up in Jersey, but I would always go get them and bring them here. So they're, they're, they're here and we go to, I was on the board of juvenile diabetes. We go to the Gaylor in Pittsburgh. It's April, April 24th of 2010. So we all go to bed at night. It's probably, you know, midnight, whatever we go to bed, but my daughter, Come at four in the morning, comes bursting through my door, you know, saying hysterical, Dad, Dad, you're not going to believe what happened. You're not going to believe what happened. I know you're not going to believe what happened. And I said, well, tell me what happened. She goes, well, she said she needed a drink of water. She went downstairs to the kitchen. There was no bottles of water there. So she went to the basement refrigerator. And she says as soon as she took the bottle of water out of the refrigerator, something was standing behind her. She says, Dad, I could feel it. It was malevolent. Uh, the hairs on my neck went up. I could almost feel it breathing on me. And she says, I walked up the stairs late, you know, laid down. As soon as she laid down in her bed, something pressed into her body, not sexually, just laid right. on top yeah. of her. Yeah. And she said it was so painful as it pushed into her body, she said it was very painful and she was frozen. She was awake the whole time. She could move her eyes. That was it. And then she saw all these shadow people standing around her, like a whole bunch of them. And Mm -hmm. in her head, she could hear them all talking like a, a crowded room. And she said, dad, there was one standing in the doorway leaning against the door frame and he said, it's probably all the ghosts from the cemetery you know and he said to the group he said when you're done with her i want to try out the other two meaning my oh. son and his fiance in the other room that wording is not something my 23 year old daughter would make up you know what i'm saying right so so there again, you've got these shadow people and this and, and this thing with that. My daughter's bedroom got really creepy, actually. Uh, in 2014, when I told you I came under attack uh, where everything started banging and stuff, uh, my daughter was supposed to come over with her. I think it was her fiance or her husband at the time. They didn't have any kids yet. And they were going to sleep over here for a couple of nights and then go to her brother's house. So it's Thanksgiving week again. It's always Thanksgiving where this stuff happens, November. Uh, I go upstairs Monday. Her bedroom door is open. I keep all the doors closed when it gets cold. I shut the vents in the spare bedrooms. Her bedroom door is open. I close it. I go to bed Tuesday night. I go upstairs. I look down the hallway. Her bedroom door is open again. 
I said, what's going on here? You got to turn the handle. The dog's not opening the door. I closed mm -hmm. the door, right? So Wednesday morning, she calls me before she flies out and says, dad, I'm not staying at your house. It's creepy. <laughs> and what happened last time with the shadow people? You know, she goes, I'm not staying there. As soon as she said that, this thing turned on me. It, it was sending me a message, opening the door. It was so anxious. It was going to attack my daughter. My daughter would have come under some sort of demonic attack. Right. And that's when it launched its attack on me. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that 2014. Um, well, this is now no later in the year. It's 20. It's it's no it, Thanksgiving of 2015. Right. Uh, and I've been battling the banging sounds and the so and now it turns into the Exorcist movie where uh, if you remember the moving the sliding in the ceiling like a body being dragged uh, yeah. loud bangs bangs on both walls I remember laying in bed watching the Damien TV series which is <laughs> yeah Christ right so. Yeah. I'm watching it, and all of a sudden, both walls start banging. Bum, 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 bum. I grabbed the controller. I turned it off. It stopped, you know? Wow. Um, and there's creaking sounds, like they're crushing a can. You know, I mean, this thing got really intense, and it, it got to the point where uh, it it's now January of 16, right around New Year's or right after New Year's, and this is going on every night. This, as soon as I go to bed, there's banging, creaking. There's an entity in the house. Uh, it, it, it's it's doing that. And, you know, I'm doing what that Rhonda woman told me and the priests and everything. And um, I'm commanding it in the name of Jesus Christ to leave and all, and all of that, right? So it stops. So I lay down and then I open my eyes and I am in pitch darkness, black as black. I sit up and I'm saying, what the hell is going on? The moon, there's a full moon. I, there was light coming through the windows five minutes ago. Why is there no light coming through? It's the darkest I've ever seen it, you know? Everything starts up again. And I realized I'm going to come under attack. Something's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Whether this is the shadow of death was going to take my soul or kill me. I, I don't know what it was, or it was going to take me and throw me around the room like the exorcist movie. I don't, or maybe I was going to be possessed. Maybe I was, it was actually going to enter me and possess me. I don't know. But I got, I got concerned at that point. And I again said the whole ritual of, you know, Jesus Christ and the lake of fire. And I added one line. I said, and I got mad at this point. I was never really scared of this thing. I got mad and I said, you stood in the presence of God and you rejected him. You rejected him. You cannot disobey the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ commands you to leave. You have to leave right now. Mm -hmm. And it all stopped. And for about three seconds, there was a veil of blackness just about that quickly go up. And the, right. the moonlight came back in the room and it stopped. Wow. And I don't know what was going to happen at that moment, but something was going to happen. But, you know, I looked back at it and I said, you know what? It was about scaring me straight, getting me out of the UFO field, because the more I was in it, I was going down this, you know, rabbit hole of the paranormal 
I didn't go to church anymore. I didn't say my prayers. I never said grace. I, I had gotten to the point where I never thought of God. Zero. It was right. God was completely out of my life at that point. And it was because I was in this parent, this UFO field, talking about ancient aliens, talking about these cases, doing 35 TV episodes, you know, and, and that was pulling me more and more. I was on the board of MUFON, all of that. And it, this was done, I think, to, to wake me up, like to scare right. me straight and get me out of that because I was, I, I think I was on the verge of losing my soul. I really do, Sean. That I believe you. I look I back you. at that time period and I said, my God. I mean, I, I, and I look at it me now. I go to two churches. I go to Wednesday night classes that, you know, alternate between the churches. Uh, I say my prayers every night. I'm a reborn Christian. I'm a Knights Templar. You know, I am back to being who I was before. I got involved in the UFO field. And again, mm -hmm. the UFO field, out-of-body experience, lucid dreams, shadow people. What is this UFO field? What is going on? And, right. and as soon as I could pull out of this thing, you know, uh, you know, and I, I still do some of the conferences and stuff, but my heart's not in it anymore because I, I don't trust it and I think it's paranormal, you know. Uh, and now I'm a reborn Christian, absolute reborn Christian. You know, I'm 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 really glad to hear that. And yeah. like you used to say to me over a year ago, I'm going to save you. Yeah, I'm going to save you one of these days. And I'm going to Sean because you're making a big mistake. I you retired from that stuff, dude. I retired. Yeah, I know, but you got to turn to Jesus. You got to actually believe He's real, <laughs> even though you don't believe a lot of the stuff in the Bible. He's real. And, you know, I tell people because, you know, I even did analysis of the four Gospels and read some books. And there were big discrepancies between what the four apostles said. You know, you, if, if this is the same story, they should all have the same story. But but if you compare them, you know, John's talking about, uh, you know, fire and brimstone and the lake of fire in the end of days. Well, the other three never said a word about that. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the crazy part about John. That was written 97 years yeah. after Christ died. So. Yeah, that was right at the end. He was the youngest one. And, uh, I mean, he was, you know, on the island. And you know that he was the only one that was not killed. He Of the, of the, of the apostles, the 12, he's the only one that was not executed for preaching Christianity, he was banished to the island of Patmos, and he was, you know, in his, I don't know how old he was, 100, you know, and um, and he's writing this, and it was like the governor of the island kind of revered him and didn't punish him, didn't whip him, you know, but just kept him in solitary. And he actually would write stuff, and, you know, he's writing his gospel, but he'd give stuff to the prison guard to give to the governor of the island and was converting the guy to Christianity. You know, I think the guy actually was a closet Christian, you know? Right. But, but, but you know, and I say to people, all right, I don't know if the 12, the 12 apostles all had different stories, you know? And if you read the other, you know, uh, uh, you'll read uh, Thomas. I mean, I kind of, I always liked Thomas's. Gospel. I did too. Yeah. And, and, and I liked what Thomas had. How the way he fought it was like yeah. why do i need to go to a four-wall building to pray right. with other people 
where I can go wherever I want and pray and God will still love me. Yeah, and God's everywhere. He said God's in yeah. your, your house. He's in the forest. He's in the beach. And wherever you are, God's in you. He's not in a church. He's in you. You know, mm -hmm. and I always kind of liked his. It was more like a new age type uh, belief. But, you know, what I tell people is if you take the Bible, let's say the King James Version, and it, uh, the New Testament part, I don't, I don't really look at the Old Testament because that is more a history book of the is of the Hebrews and Moses and you know stuff applies because there's prophecy in the Old Testament that applies to the New Testament because they said he was coming right but I tell them take the New Testament anything you see written in red is confirmed that Jesus said it so that might only be 10% of the whole New Testament. So right. uh, I tell people, just read what's written in red. Don't read the rest of it by these old guys. I don't know if they were just surmising and talking. You know, the, the Christians will tell you every word is the word of God said to them and they wrote it down. I don't know if that's true or not. What I do know is what's written in red is confirmed to be what Jesus mm -hmm. said. So only read what he says. And I think you get enough out of the uh, New Testament, you know. But you, I don't know if you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe? I believe in God. Okay. And, well, you know, he was the he was God incarnate in the body, the Son of God. And it's the trinity of the, you know, the Spirit, the Son, and God, right? Uh, One day, John, I'm going to come out your house. We're going to have coffee. And I will share my experience with you. Yeah. Not on the radios. And I'll just tell you where I come from. Yeah, well, you said on the other show that one day you were going to do that on the radio. So you, we got to do a show when you're ready to come out of the closet and what actually happened to you. Yeah, uh, whenever I'm ready. You know what? If it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. But listen, yeah. my friend, you know, um, I, I, I need to let you go. I need a couple of minutes. You got a couple of minutes. Yeah, you got a couple of minutes. Real quick. I wanted to talk about this year. Right. So January 2023, I'm on the podcast with you and Jen. And you probably remember this. Well, maybe I told you the following week we're doing the podcast. I was in uh, I was away in a hotel room. My phone, all of us, there was tapping in the in the closet, banging. Yeah, I remember. My phone got extremely hot. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I did the show on my phone and afterwards it, I had to unplug it turn it off and I put it in the freezer in the, yeah. in the refrigerator to cool it down. And, and it was very hot in the, in the hotel and it was 78 degrees in my room. Yet the heat was set on 72. Right. So that was one thing. Then February, I got my new dog, my Doberman, right? So I'm sitting right here. He's right there. All of a sudden, he gets up and he walks to the kitchenette area and he starts growling and barking and kind of looking up and barking and then runs and hides in the corner, right? Then he walks over and peeks around the door frame and runs back and he does it again, peeks around and runs back. So that entity was out there scaring him. Right. I wish I would have jumped up and ran over who knows what I would have seen, you know, like mm -hmm. it was standing there and it looked like a bear, a werewolf, a demon, you know, but whatever it did to the dog, the freaking 85 pound Doberman ran and hid in the corner, 
three times, you know. Wow. So it's still in the house. So then April of this year, uh, well, that's when I, t I talked the ghost to leave. I already told you that part. July of this year, uh, I'm watching my, my, my DVDs. I'm watching Annabelle, right? So the dog is in front of me, and there's these – see, I know this is a different sound. There's a scratching sound on the, the, the stone fireplace, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's taps, but it's a un very unnatural type tap and scratching, right? And the dog is in front of me, and all of a sudden the dog looks up at the fireplace, and he just stares. Right. And then – it's moving across the ceiling. I can't see anything. You see the dog's head just following it over us <laughs> and then yeah. staring straight up at it. And I knew the dog can hear it. Maybe it's saying yeah. something or it's growling. It's in a different tone, frequency. I can't hear it. You know, mm -hmm. so, so that's just a couple of months ago in July. The demon is gone, but they leave behind what I call a minion. Yep. That's sure what I'm, my friend. A sure watcher. Did. Yep. There, there is a uh, a watcher or a minion that's left minion. behind. It's a minion. Yeah. Minion. And they're in the house. They've been here, and it really pisses me off. It really does, Sean. You know, because I know, I, you know, it's here somewhere. You know. Right, but eventually, you'll. I, I guarantee. I don't know. I just have faith in you, John, that you're going to find it and. You're gonna kick its ass and send it off, and I mean oh. that from the I mean I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Well, I've even um, said I even said in my book that I just published, the ufologist, that uh, when I die, I'm gonna piss down its throat and I'm gonna collapse its head. <laughs> you know, because he made they made an enemy of the wrong person. I'm gonna get it when I'm on the other side. I'm gonna get even. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> I know you feel. But John, uh, last minute, real quick. Where can people get a hold of you in touch with you? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, well, you can find me on Facebook. Just send me a message. My email is my name, jventry, the number one, jventry1 at comcast.net. And if you go to Amazon, um, you know, you see all my books there. Just look my name up. And if you go to johnventry.com, that's my website. And right in the middle, it says free lectures. And I got 117 podcasts i've done and they're all up there on tons of topics you know and so you can watch my stuff you know i appreciate you being on john and we're gonna have to do this again yeah. down the road i've really enjoyed tonight and yeah, when you come out of the closet with your your uh story <laughs> i want to hear it <laughs> i'll definitely be you you'll be the very first one to hear it all, all right, right john you have a good night my friend all right thanks for having me on mm-hmm Wow, what a great show. It was so, so cool to see John, honest to God. Um, I hope everybody got something out of the show tonight. Uh, John is very, very smart in all kinds of different fields. And uh, like like we were talking about, it was like, you know, it's been over a year since we, we've actually did something. Cindy, absolutely amazing show. Thank you, Cindy, very much. Thank you for coming on. And everybody out there tonight who came into the room, you know, Brandon, Jenny, Cindy, Johnny, Virginia, everybody, thank you for stopping in tonight. And, and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm not going to draw cards tonight because we are running a little bit over 
Um, but just remember, everybody, please, and I'm going to say it again, that this disease, CRPS, is awareness. It's the awareness month in November. Um, please say some prayers for, for everybody who has that. Um, they, they really need it. Rhonda said, glad I finally was able to catch the show. I'm glad you, I'm glad you came, Rhonda. I'm glad. Remember, Rhonda, we're here every Tuesday night from 8 p.m., 10 p.m. on UPRN Talk Radio, 105.3 New Orleans, 107.7 Mississippi. Um, but before I go, I know we have a new show that comes right after me. Um, I you know, and I'm sorry, I just don't know the show, but um, I listened, she was on last Tuesday after the Halloween party show, and I heard a little bit of, and, and it, she's a good person, but you know what, I'm going to find out more about her, and then, you know, I, I will, you know, do a little bit more communication with you guys out there about listening to her, so hang around, there's another show next, and um, I guarantee you will enjoy it. Um, and on that note, I want to wish everybody a good night next week, next Tuesday. Um, I will be here at 8 p.m. So till then, good night, everybody. <laughs>